the transaxle, one piece of that car sold for $382,000. And it was purchased (laughs) by somebody very near and dear to the spooky science sisters' hearts. So that I, sentence makes me question what I said. <laughs> but I want you to answer your first answer. And then if you have another one, you can give it to me. Okay. So I was wrong saying that I thought it was Nick Cage. So I'm really glad you said it was Nick Cage uh-huh. because that when I asked Elliot this question, he said the exact same thing. He did. <laughs> he did. Um, unfortunately, it was not Nick Cage. <laughs> well, yeah, your sentence had you had there been near and dear to the spook because, like, I mean, I'm fond of Nick Cage, but I wouldn't say near and dear to our hearts. <laughs> Who is it? <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> yes. No, it's fucking not. I'm Paige. And I'm Megan. And this is Spooky Science Sisters. Hello and Happy New Year. You're listening to Spooky Science Sisters, a podcast where we present to you a science-based and probably very giggly discussion on all things strange and unusual. We hope you all enjoyed celebrating the holidays and had a good start to the new year. For our first episode of 2023, we are going to cover several very different topics in our fourth (laughs) short and spooky episode, which will be called short and spooky in the Fast and Furious franchise tradition. It's very serious. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Before we do something spooky, we have officially acquired enough gumption to ask for your help supporting the show in the form of our newly launched Patreon. Yay! It's very scary. You can find it by going to patreon.com slash spooky scipod. That's patreon.com slash spooky S-C-I-P-O-D. And there are three tiers. The spooky tier, which costs $3 a month, gets you a shout out on the show and social media, ad-free episodes, and access to any bonus episodes we might record in the future. The spookier $5 tier gets you all of that. Plus, we're going to send you a handwritten thank you note and little spooky goodies like 3D printed figurines and stickers or, I don't know, things like that sent to you at least four times per year. And then the spookiest tier, which is $7 a month, has the same benefits as the spookier tier, but it's for if you're feeling fancy and you want to throw us a couple extra dollars a month. (laughs) You don't get anything. (laughs) you're just feeling fancy (laughs) really you're just making us feel fancier yes you're making us feel fancier (laughs) so today we want to say hello to our first batch of patrons alex tanner tibby i think so i like rocks like a lot (laughs) chuck cassandra and chris yay yeah you can just put like a username, not necessarily a real name in there. So some will be usernames, some will be names. But mostly I just cannot believe that there are seven people in there already. That is shocking to me. And it happened so fast. Like, it wasn't it just two weeks ago that you set it up? Like, may- yeah, maybe not even two weeks ago. I was just like, all right, fuck it. <laughs> I'm making a Patreon. <laughs> We're doing it. We're just doing it. <laughs> <laughs> so hi to you guys and thank you so much. Yeah. We're very excited. We're very appreciative, and it does help a lot. 
I also want to note that we've been having a lot of fun talking to people in the discard discard server. No, the Discord <laughs> server. <laughs> and even a wild page appears from time to time. So everyone should join that as well. And for both the Patreon and the Discord server and like literally everything else that you can possibly follow or connect with us on, <laughs> as always, there will be links in the show notes. So now we get to do something spooky. Our first something spooky of 2023. Paige, you're going to go first and give everybody the bad news. So before we get, it's it's not bad. It's news. not bad news. I'm just being a dick. <laughs> it's news. Uh, but before I do this, I didn't have a something spooky okay. uh, initially. But then last night Ooh. at like four, it wasn't. I mean, it's not actually that spooky. It was really this morning. It was at four o'clock in the morning. I hear a fucking chair sliding down <gasps> my hallway. And scared the shit out of me and like look up and Elliot's just moving four o'clock in the morning, just moving a kitchen chair through our hallway. Oh my God. <laughs> because, oh my God. Because, and like, I don't know how it didn't wake me up, but our smoke detector batteries had started dying oh. and so it was chirping and mm -hmm. it woke him. But he said like, I just didn't give a shit. Like I was just out. Um <laughs> Yeah, so that scared the shit out of me. And now I'm like pretty certain that 24 hours, almost 24 hours later, our dog is still like traumatized from this happening <laughs> because she's like shaking and hiding oh. in corners. And like Elliot said, um, we're like kind of wondering if maybe she heard it earlier in the night because like yeah. apparently she had been hiding under my desk all night last night and like wasn't coming out to like hang out with him or go to the couch to sleep or mm -hmm. anything so she like this may have ruined her life <laughs> <laughs> yeah well like i texted you earlier it also ruins my dog's life when the smoke <laughs> alarm <laughs> chirps he's like literally pissed himself because he was so <laughs> afraid of it and it's like oh my gosh you gotta chill a little bit. <laughs> Meanwhile, I just sleep through it apparently. So it's like if the house yeah. is ever on fire and I'm not home, like you're just going to burn up inside oh, of the house. <laughs> same. We're the same person in that respect. <laughs> I will just <laughs> go down in flames for sure. <laughs> um, so yeah, so that's my something spooky. And Great. then uh, I guess life update, good news slash sad news slash just news. It's not sad news. It's good news. It's good news. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just um, being a dick about it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but in a couple weeks, I will be starting graduate school, which is Yay! exciting yeah. and a little bit terrifying because I'll also be working full time. So I'm not totally clear that I'm going to survive the next couple of years. So yeah, I'm excited. But with that means that I'm going to take a little bit of a step back from uh, recording at least as frequently with the podcast. Uh, yes. But Megan will still be recording plenty for you guys. Um, she has an awesome lineup of guests already for next or for this year, and topics planned for everybody. So you guys like won't even know I'm gone. Basically, do not panic. We will still be releasing episodes every two weeks, like we have been, although frequently because one or the other of us is very busy. Sometimes that schedule is loose, but hopefully we will stick to it better this year. <laughs> <laughs> but the format will change a bit, so it'll be me and Paige every other week. 
like normal. And then the rest of the episodes will be me and a guest, or you could think of them as a guest host. And like Paige said, we've got some super awesome people lined up and I'm really excited about it. And you'll hear some repeat people and some new people and I have to decide whether or not I want to call them honorary sisters or should they be substitute sisters? I like substitute sisters. I know. I think we have to stick with the alliteration. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Agreed. (laughs) And some of the people are going to be like, okay, great. (laughs) It's fine. (laughs) I'm actually recording with Rebecca Gibson tomorrow. So yeah, she'll be our first substitute sister. And yeah, importantly, this will just be for a little while. And yeah, then then Paige will hopefully be back full time or I'll have to track her down. <laughs> it won't be hard. You know where I live. <laughs> I will find you. Um, <laughs> okay, now I get to do my something yes. spooky, which I'm pretty sure is just like that my brain is a little bit broken right now, but it's fine. We're going to talk about it. So I was driving to work, I don't know, last week. I can't remember when we started these notes. Here's some background on this. We'll have a little bit of a a vulnerable moment because you know what? We're not going to be ashamed in 2023 that like sometimes we have to take a little bit of medicine to make our brains happy. (laughs) Anyway, been tapering off of taking Zoloft when I've been taking it for the past couple of years, and it like sort of makes your brain a little bit weird while that is happening. And I don't know, I keep like having these moments recently where I feel like something is like moving or happening like on the corner of my eye. And one of those was when I was driving recently last week, I don't know, sometime in the last few days. And I like, there's a car pulled off to the side of the road. And I like swear that when I first looked over, there was someone like standing by the fence and by the car Mm. with it. Like they had gotten out of the car to like look over this fence or look for something. And then I like looked back and nobody was there. So that was my something spooky. Oh, that is spooky. (laughs) Yeah. But I'm also pretty sure it was just like my own brain. being Like, what the fuck have you done to me? (laughs) (laughs) so there's an explanation uh yeah and but it was a really it was like a really weird feeling i was like i swear that there was someone standing there and then there was not so yeah all right short and spooky there's not a theme here (laughs) not even close (laughs) like not even a little sometimes we sort of accidentally end up on a theme and it fits together this time Zero percent. Not at all. (laughs) We both went a little rogue on this one. We did. Yeah, Paige did. And then I cycled through like five different topics, I think, before I finally landed on the final two. So here we are. (laughs) (laughs) This is going to shock you guys. But my first one is people saying stupid shit about Yellowstone. (laughs) Shocked. (laughs) Shocked. So apparently the news cycle has come around again to this whole like Yellowstone is about to erupt and an eruption is imminent. And I've come across multiple instances of people posting videos or other content online suggesting that Yellowstone is on the verge of some big eruption. And there's like always sort of this undercurrent of like, 
they're not telling us what's really going on. Right. Like, whatever. It's so stupid. So first, there was a guy on TikTok posting these videos of his yard with steam rising out of it. And he also lived near this reservoir. And he was posting these pictures of like weird bubbling happening in the reservoir and was getting like millions of views. Like these were for sure going viral. He claimed that he lived in Wyoming, not far outside of the park and was observing this like weird bubbling in the Alcova Reservoir. And then all of a sudden, a couple videos later, he was being forced out of his house by some mysterious government agency. And he was like asking for money to help with the associated costs, like because his family now had to stay in a hotel, which was like red flag. Right. (laughs) All around. So luckily, I guess to sort of jump to the the conclusion of this whole thing, but the the TikTok sleuths and volcanology people did their job and they were like, this guy's a scam artist and this is total bullshit. Yeah. So the giveaways for these videos that he was showing, and I suppose, well, no, I can't. I can't link the videos to show you guys what I'm talking about because like I said, the sort of TikTok debunking and volcanology crew did their job. He has since, like, removed all the videos, and I'm not Uh, even clear that his account is there anymore because people figured out his bullshit. Sure. Um, But the dead giveaways were, A, he was just, like, sort of showing the same video of the ground steaming repeatedly. Like, it didn't really seem like there was ever new footage of what was happening. The fact that he claimed that this was going on for weeks, but somehow the grass in his yard was still green, which... Would be weird if you had, like, volcanic gases coming up through your yard, but, like, also would just be weird for late December in Wyoming. Right. <laughs> so, so that was weird. Uh, and then, of course, just, like, in general, there's no secret government agency coming to collect you and your family for making videos about this online. And if there was some sort of evacuation happening, everybody would know about it. Furthermore, the Alcova Reservoir is near Casper, Wyoming, which is over 250 miles from Yellowstone as the crow flies. (laughs) So, like, not even in the neighborhood. (laughs) I mean, in the grand scheme of things in the neighborhood, but, like, not to be seen, like, hydrothermal activity associated with Yellowstone. So that was just dumb. It did go viral enough, though, that the local news in Casper ran stories about it. The Natrona County Sheriff's Natrona County Sheriff's Office, Natrona County Sheriff's Office, <laughs> say that five times fast, posted on social media addressing the rumors and like steps they had taken to check in on stuff. Even on their post, the Yellowstone Volcano Observatory, which is associated with the USGS, commented on it. Uh, The sheriff's office shared a current picture of the reservoir, which was, like, iced over and totally quiet. So it's like, (laughs) this guy is totally full of shit. Um, (laughs) Anyway, yeah. So this guy is just totally full of shit. That was the first thing that I saw was the the videos on TikTok. And, like, maybe he saw this other video that I'm going to talk about. And this, like, prompted this whole little scheme for him to come up with. Because that is not all. There was also a different viral video that was circulating on Facebook with claims that rapid volcanic uplift is happening at Yellowstone and signaling an impending eruption and that the park is being closed down and evacuated, which is absolutely not accurate. (laughs) How, like, 
how do people think they're going to get away with that? What? That like nobody would know that this is false. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> like I can't tell you why nobody uses common sense or like why nobody is like, let me just like there are webcams in the park. Right. <laughs> why does nobody look into this or like the USGS Yellowstone Volcano Observatory has social media and like just look at what they're posting. Get on Reddit and look at the like back or like the um, hiking or camping subreddits. You'll see 55 posts from Yellowstone today. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. (laughs) It's like people just see this and they're like, yeah, that sounds right. And then like literally do zero looking into it at all. (laughs) So the video in question was originally posted to YouTube back in October by the account Future Unity, uh, which has over 570,000 subscribers. So, like, great. Glad they're using that power for good. Uh, And they posted a 22-minute video, which has racked up over 350,000 views. And that's just on YouTube. I think it was also posted to Facebook and, like, got shared around a bunch there. Which, like, who has time for a 22-minute video of bullshit? Like, I was I was not watching all 22 minutes of this. <laughs> I, like, skimmed through it because I was like, I'm not doing this. I know that this is all bullshit. This is not worth it. Uh, yes. So I suppose just to, like, address the uplift thing. So in a geologic setting, uplift just means that the ground is expanding or moving upwards. Not the most creative name, but there you go. A lot of a lot of geology terms are just sort of like, yeah, that's what it is. Um, <laughs> sometimes in a volcanic setting, it can mean that magma is collecting beneath the surface. And because you have that extra volume in the magma chamber and there's more heat, it's causing the ground above it to expand or move upwards or Again, we call it uplift. And if you get rapid or very large amounts of uplift, that is concerning in a volcanic setting. That said, Yellowstone has been on average subsiding, so deflating, since 2015. And like any volcanic system, there's always going to be some sort of dynamic movement at play as magma moves beneath the surface and you either get hydrothermal fluids or gases collecting or dispersing in, you know, various parts of sort of that plumbing that's beneath the surface. And you can just think of it as like the magma system breathing over time. It doesn't mean there's any immediate danger. In like overall, you sort of want to see this regular motion. You want to see things sort of get released over time because like it means that things are not plugged up down there. The... Long story short of it is this is your annual reminder that you should get your official Yellowstone Volcano News from the Yellowstone Volcano Observatory, which is run by the USGS. There is no secret government conspiracy to hide a pending eruption from you, and anyone who is telling you that is trying to exploit you for their own gain. And that is it. I like it. I know it feels you um, have talked before about how there's like this news cycle and it yeah. fe- it feels like it's like every three, three to four years that I start seeing it. Yeah. 
I felt like for a little while I was seeing it like at least once or twice a year. And then I don't know if it just got like swamped out with pandemic stuff. And now everybody has decided, well, that's over. So like it's time to (laughs) to break out of our way something new with everything else. (laughs) 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 Which, by the way, the pandemic is not over. We're just pretending that it is. But anyway, that's a whole other episode. (laughs) One of these days we're going to have the scary epidemiologist episode. (laughs) Yeah. It'll just be an hour and a half of us raging at each other. Yeah, it'll just be me like (laughs) screaming into a pillow for 90 minutes. (laughs) Okay, well, that's my first short and spooky for this episode. Now for something totally different. (laughs) (laughs) So... So I like definitely, like I said earlier, went rogue on this episode. Uh-huh. Um, but like it's it's a cursed object. So it sort it, of fits. It's the theme, yeah. yeah. Like it's sort of too short for a full episode, but it's Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. honestly, it fits better than mine because like it's car themed and we do these fastest furious franchise title wise. Right. So yours makes more sense than any of mine ever do. Um <laughs> Yeah. How'd you come up with this though? Or like, where did this come from? I don't remember, honestly. So I was, I had like been thinking about some ideas for this episode and like, I don't remember if I was just like bopping around on the internet or like if I, I don't even know. I like couldn't even tell you. And it was only like a week ago, but it, I don't know. I don't know where it came from. Long story short, I don't know how I got here, but I did. (laughs) (laughs) And now that our husbands have pulled us into the world of F1 racing and we've got this Fast and the Furious theme thing going on with these episodes, I thought this was no there was no better time for me to do a cursed car story. Yay! So here we are. (laughs) We're I'm gonna tell the story of James Dean's cursed Porsche. So (laughs) <laughs> James Dean actor was actor in the early 50s um, and was most famous for playing Jim Stark in the movie Rebel Without a Cause. Something I didn't realize about James Dean is that like he was in far less stuff than I thought he was. Like he was only in like a handful of movies before he passed away. Yeah, he, yeah, he died super young and like super early in his career. That's about the only thing I know about James Dean. Yeah, I didn't even, I didn't know that. Um, but now I do. Uh, so, yeah, so in 1994, So he celebrated his success the same way our husbands would by purchasing himself his first Porsche. Oh, Lord. (laughs) A 356 Speedster. And he entered himself into some road races with it and actually did pretty well. He took first in a novice race uh, and then took a second place finish in the main race at Palm Springs in 1955. And he wanted to continue. His future in racing was looking pretty promising. So he decides to continue this success. He needs a faster car. Obviously. (laughs) Obviously. Uh, So he goes and purchases a brand spanking new Porsche 550 Spider, which he nicknames Little Bastard. (laughs) It's just like my favorite. Uh, (laughs) um, So 
James, with this brand new car, decides to go to uh, a new another race, a road race in Salinas, California. And on his way, he is in a head-on collision with another vehicle. Now, to spare you the gory details of the accident, we'll just say that the car was like completely mangled. Um, James did not survive the accident, and his passenger, a Porsche mechanic, Rolf, which I believe is Vuther Vuterick? Vutrick? That sounds right. Vuterick or Vutrick. Yeah. Um, I believe you. <laughs> yeah. Something close to that. Yeah. Um, was severely injured. Yikes. Yeah. Not good. Um, like you mentioned, he was very young. He was only 24 and was like pretty really early in what was looking to be a really promising acting career. And I mean, looking like he was going to be pretty successful when it came to racing too. So the... The area where he crashed is an intersection called the Sholam Y, which is in Sholam, California, uh, where Interstate 41 and 46 meet. And there's actually a James Dean Memorial. It's considered like the James Dean Memorial Junction now, um, and it's a popular tourist spot. But that particular stretch of road has more recently been nicknamed Blood Alley because of the number of traffic fatalities that occur there. Great. It's like apparently like significantly higher than anywhere else in California. Okay. So I sort of expected to find a bunch of ghost sightings or just like something kind of spooky going on in that area or like reports of people seeing things, but there really wasn't much there. The only thing I could find were people reporting that they would see the 550 spider behind them while on the highway by his crash site. And apparently, Whoa, yeah. And apparently <laughs> if you see the car in your rear view mirror while you're driving that stretch of highway, you're supposed to let him pass. So which is like, definitely just if those stories are real, it's just people seeing other people in a Porsche. Well, here's my thing. Like, yes, that, but also like, I don't know. I don't. I wouldn't know what that particular car looked like. Sure. I mean, I guess like Porsches have like pretty distinctive headlights. So sure, but like you might I, know. The, so that was my point. Is like you might know it's a Porsche, and then people are like, "Oh my gosh, it's James Dean." Oh Porsche. yeah, yeah. You fair know? enough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I I'm positive that Stephen would recognize a Porsche like in his rearview mirror. Yeah, yeah, sure. Like you said, I mean, maybe recognize that it's a Porsche, but like not necessarily recognize what model it is. Like, I don't right. fucking know. It just looks like right. a cool car to me. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yeah, that's like, you know, there might be more out there, but like a, a quick search, that's pretty much all I could find about that area in terms of like any sort of like paranormal reports or whatever. So gotcha. that's it really for that area. But that's not the end of Little Bastard's story. <laughs> A little bastard. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> at this point in in this story, things do get a little fuzzy. It's one of those where you like, depending on where you look, you'll get a slightly different event occurring at a slightly different time. Uh, but this is basically my attempt to like piece together everything that I read. Mm -hmm. uh, so after James Dean's death, a man by the name of George Barris buys the remnants of the car. And George Barris is a custom car designer who is well known as the designer of the Batmobile for the 1960s Batman TV series. Mm. 
after he purchases it, he things just get a little weird. Um, first, he claims that right after buying it, uh, it is unloaded in his shop and the car falls on a mechanic and breaks the mechanic's legs. Yikes. Uh, not good. Barris then states that he starts selling off all the parts from the car. So the engine goes to a doctor who is apparently later killed in a racing accident in the car that that engine was put in. Um, Another doctor is reportedly paralyzed in a racing accident in a car that used the transaxle from Dean's car. And like, here's the thing about that. Like, if these, I, I didn't look into whether or not the, these doctors were injured or, or killed in a, you know, in a racing accident, but like, even if they mm-hmm. were, they're racing their cars. So, right. They're participating in an inherently Yeah. And especially at sport. that time. <laughs> right. <laughs> they're going to have a high. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like being f1 fans now yeah the f1 cars were basically like right death traps so i doubt that like this situation was much better at the time and yeah like there's just an inherently dangerous sport there's no yeah right. there's no curse here and like yeah so did barris intend to just sell off the parts or did it like fall on his mechanic's legs and he was like, no, fuck this shit. I'm selling it. It seems to me like based off of the stories that are told from Barris, he intended to sell the parts, but we will get there. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> so at some point Barris lends the car out to the greater Los Angeles safety council, which I was excited about to use for a um, safe <laughs> driving display Except it's like a little weird okay. because the display is named James Dean's last sports car, which like I get the point, but it just feels kind of icky to me. And at this show, the car, according to Barris, falls off of a stand and breaks a teenager's hip. Oh, man. Now, prior to Dean's accident, he was involved in a National Safety Council PSA on safe driving. So like this, you know, maybe in Barris's mind could have been a good way to honor him. Though it is worth mentioning that I've seen photos of this display and I've also seen the photos of the accident scene and the car at the display is most definitely not the same car from the accident. You know, Mm -hmm. it's possible Mm -hmm. that like maybe they could have used some of the parts and just like kind of rebuilt the body, but like the body from the car in the accident was Mm -hmm. definitely not salvageable. Yeah. Gotcha. So just keep that in your mind. Yeah. And so, yeah, there are several other stories Barris tells that would make anybody believe that the car was cursed, including it falling off of a trailer during transport, a thief apparently breaking their leg while trying to steal the car. Everybody's legs are getting broken. <laughs> I know. There's a lot of <laughs> breaking legs. Uh, but this, you know, the stories go on and on. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's just that's just a couple of them. Mm-hmm. So, like, the car must be cursed, right? Like, what else yeah. could be going on here? Must yeah. be cursed. Uh, of course, it's not actually cursed. Uh, <laughs> um, spoiler <laughs> alert. So Discovery UK has a very dramatic Strange World episode with Lee Raskin. In that video, it seems to me that Raskin is like all in on this cursed car narrative. Mm-hmm. And maybe at that time he was, though it could have also just been that the direct that's the direction the show took. Mm-hmm. Uh, But it seems either way that as of 2021, he has come around to believing that Barris fabricated most, if not 
all of it. Which I like, yeah, I, you might be about to get to this, but yeah, like why wouldn't, like if he had acquired some parts of this car that was like, I mean, it can't have been much like you said, because it was just like completely trashed, but like what better way to like drive up the price to imply that there's some sort of like spooky curse or whatever, or like spooky afterlife connection to james dean that's like more than just it having been his car right yeah so like you said if his intention was to sell them then like yeah that's a great way to make money off of it yeah because people are weird right (laughs) okay anyway keep going um so i agree with you but this is where things get crazy so uh there's a 2021 motorsport magazine article okay and in that They talk to Raskin, and according to Raskin, now he says that the wrecked car was not actually purchased by Barris at all, but instead by a local physician and club racer, William Eshrick. And um, he says that William did salvage some of the car, and but he believes that that family still owns the engine but some Mm -hmm. of it which was not salvageable or they just trashed yeah um raskin actually believes that a few pieces of the barris safety council car display were maybe purchased or taken from the original car but says the rest could have just been sheets of aluminum that barris put together and then just like beat the shit out of to make it look like it had been in a crash. So like maybe Barris had a little piece of the car, but like also maybe he didn't at all. Yeah. Okay. Either way, one part of the car that did remain intact was the transaxle. And for those of you like myself and Megan who are asking the question, what the actual fuck is a transaxle? (laughs) I'm here to tell you that I do not know. (laughs) It's, I asked my, I asked Elliot about this because I had the same question. And basically it's like a single unit that houses the transmission and the axle assembly of the car so that the drive wheels are connected directly to the car's transmission. But that means like very little to me. And yeah, maybe it means something to all of you, but it doesn't mean much to me. <laughs> great. Uh, that means great. nothing to me. <laughs> I guess it just means like more direct connection between the transmission and the wheels, maybe? And like it probably like turn, it's probably better handling, I would imagine. Yeah, maybe like better handling. And also you could go, you could get up to speed more quickly. That's my guess. That's our guess. Somebody tell us. Somebody, yeah. Somebody explain transaxle to us. That's <laughs> <laughs> not really important to the story. So whatever. <laughs> But so the transaxle did survive and had apparently been passed around to several people before making its way to Don Ahern. Okay. uh, Who decided to sell it at a bring a trailer auction. What is a bring a trailer auction? I think it's just an auction where like you just bring your own way of like getting it off the lot. I think that's all it is. Okay. Um, And the transaxle one piece of that car sold for $382,000 and it was purchased <laughs> by somebody very near and dear to the spooky science sisters hearts. 
So that I, sentence makes me question what I said. <laughs> but I want you to answer your first answer. And then if you have another one, you can give it to me. Okay, so I was wrong saying that I thought it was Nick Cage. So I'm really glad you said it was Nick Cage uh-huh. because that when I asked Elliot this question, he said the exact same thing. He did. <laughs> he did. Um, unfortunately, it was not Nick Cage. <laughs> well, yeah, your sentence had you had there been near and dear to the spook because like, I mean, I'm fond of Nick Cage, but I wouldn't say near and dear to our hearts. <laughs> Who is it? <laughs> Zach Bagans. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> yes. No, it's fucking not. And like, I did this whole fucking thing and found that out at the end. And I was like, this is perfect. <laughs> no, it's fucking not. Yeah, he's putting it in his his museum. <laughs> so <laughs> asshole. <laughs> so uh, that's that's my cursed court car story. And no. <laughs> it ended up exactly how it needed to. <laughs> So, Kenny Biddle, we're going to need you to go check that out. (laughs) He's not allowed to. (laughs) At this point, by association, we might not be allowed to. (laughs) But also, here's the thing. It's like another thing added to his bullshit museum of like nothing that's actually cursed. (laughs) God, that man is out of control. You have no idea. Like I've. So like I like I said I sort of fell on this topic and then like got through most of the research and figure found that out and I was like oh yeah this is gold <laughs> this is it yeah well I so I thought Nick Cage because when we did the New Orleans stuff we we're like Nick Cage owns a lot of real estate right, <laughs> like right. in weird places and yeah so I was like it's got to be Nick Cage it was not it was it was fucking not. Zach Bagans <laughs> <laughs> that was that was worth the payoff of the whole <laughs> the whole story. <laughs> Just to find out that it was Zach. (laughs) No! Uh, Oh, Lord. Okay. I'm never going to recover from that. (laughs) (laughs) Shopify grows your business no matter how far or big you grow. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Whether you're selling your fans' next favorite shirt or an exclusive piece of podcast merch, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Allbirds, Rothy's, Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash income, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash income now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Okay, well, in case you thought it was going to get any less weird (laughs) during this episode, (laughs) it's not. Uh, (laughs) It it only gets weirder. Did I just delete that by accident? Yes, I did. Okay, I want to delete my memes. (laughs) I got too excited about Zach Bagans. Okay, so mine is a story about 
recreational abuse of Benadryl in order to see a common sleep paralysis demon, which that's, I, I don't even know. I don't Is even this the know. one that you said was going to make me lose my mind? Yeah, I just knew okay. like you were going to be so annoyed with people like for doing this kind of stuff. Okay. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> you're absolutely right. Or just like it, you were just weren't going to expect like this to be a thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. But now you've like really won up to me with this whole Zach Bagans thing. So <laughs> <laughs> damn it, Paige. Um, <laughs> okay. All right. This is the Hatman Benadryl. I don't know. TikTok challenge vision quest. Whatever the fuck is happening here with kids these days. <laughs> So apparently, there is an internet urban legend or creepypasta called the Hat Man, and he has had a recent resurgence in popularity, I think primarily on TikTok, and it's tied to a trend of people taking large doses of Benadryl to induce hallucinations. Off to a bad start. Yeah. Yeah. So I have only seen references and videos related to the Hat Man and the Benadryl stuff in the last couple of months or so, but I guess this has actually been a thing for a while, including on TikTok since at least 2020. I have no idea how I avoided it this long because, like, it seems like I would for sure have been shown something about that, but here we are, so you guys have to hear about it now. So I'm pretty sure the first thing I saw about it was this tweet from late October of 2022, uh, which said, I can't take Benadryl anymore because I owe the hat man money and I don't want to see him. (laughs) (laughs) Which is arguably funny. But I was like, what the fuck is this talking about? And and I this is like not on my radar for short and spooky at all. And then I think I saw another hat man thing show up recently or like in the last couple days and I was like oh yeah I gotta do this (laughs) so who's the hat man so he is a dark figure wearing a flat brimmed hat who is seen you know at the foot of your bed or like in your doorway or in your room at night it seems like pretty much everyone's in agreement that he's some sort of sleep paralysis demon but in this case all these people are running around believing that he's like a real entity that shows up because of sleep paralysis or because you're hallucinating. And yeah, so he's been around since the late 2000s for a while in the creepy pasta verse, (laughs) but has grown in popularity recently, as I mentioned, with stories of people being able to repeatedly summon the hat man using large amounts of Benadryl. So here's the thing about that. Like people are acting like because so let's say let like because I I generally believe that like people could be something seeing something similar to like the drawings that you see of the hat man while they're having like a sleep paralysis episode. Especially like some sort of like drug induced hallucinatory thing. Because right. That's pretty common, like seeing dark figures or like having sort of, you know, that kind of thing show up in your peripheral vision during sleep paralysis episodes is a thing that's reported commonly. But like, that's sort of the whole point of it. Like, it's not some supernatural thing. You're not summoning some real supernatural paranormal entity. Like, you're just experiencing sleep paralysis, right? (laughs) 
<laughs> or you're just hallucinating. Or you're like, just hallucinating. Yeah, you take a, a lot of any drug, you're going to start seeing shit. Right. Like, there's nothing real or, like, special about, like, seeing some dark figure. That's just, like, normal hallucination, like, sleep paralysis stuff. So, you know, I don't know why people are getting all worked up about, like, him showing up repeatedly. Because it's like, well, that doesn't mean anything. That's, like, a common thing. People right. report seeing the same kind of figures all the time. All right. So, yeah. So that's the hat man. He's been around for a while. He's maybe gained some popularity recently. I guess the quote unquote officially named Benadryl challenge has been around on TikTok since 2020, but abusing Benadryl as a hallucinogen has been a thing for a long time. So you can find posts online going back quite a ways about that. Um, I couldn't confirm if the TikTok Benadryl challenge was originally tied to the hat man or if like that connection has sort of like been made later, like in the last couple years since it Mm -hmm. happened. I don't know. Does it matter? Unclear. So, (laughs) (laughs) so what's going on here? So the active ingredient in Benadryl is diphenhydramine. Anyway, it's an antihistamine that works to block the effects of histamine in your brain. So, you know, you're blocking the effects of an allergic reaction, as well as the actions of acetylcholine, which is a neurotransmitter that in the case of an allergic reaction, so it does a lot of things, but in the case of an allergic reaction would make you cough or make you experience a runny nose. It's sending signals to the rest of your body. So, Obviously, like if you take a lot of something that affects your brain, it's going to make weird things happen to your brain. Mm-hmm. And if you've ever taken Benadryl, which I'm sure you have, like I'm absolutely positive Paige, that you've taken Benadryl before, right? Oh, yeah, I have. And I, I mean, I just can't, I can't handle it. Yeah, I'm basically like dead to the world. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> so if you ever taken Benadryl, like you'll probably have realized that it makes you very, very sleepy. Apparently, a typical dose is equivalent to a blood alcohol level of 0.1, which is obviously above the 0.08 wow. legal limit in most places. So, like, you know, it the impairment basically that you experience is similar to being like too drunk to drive. Right. <laughs> essentially. And I've always found this meme about Benadryl really funny. <laughs> that's like benadryl's approach to allergies is just like well you can't sneeze if you're unconscious (laughs) which is accurate (laughs) like can't be having an allergic reaction if you are literally (laughs) in a coma um (laughs) anyway so if taken in large doses benadryl can have psychological effects And symptoms of overdose include inability to urinate because, again, like the neurotransmitters in your brain, like aren't able to send the signals that they're supposed to send to the rest of your body. Um, Blurred vision, agitation and confusion, hallucinations, seizures, depression, high heart rate, arrhythmia, nervousness, and, you know, like a laundry list of, of other things. It can affect like basically every major system in your body. So when my mom was going through her chemo treatments, uh-huh. she they had to start every treatment with like a big dose of Benadryl. To, oh, I remember her talking yeah. about that. Yeah. And like every single time she was just miserable. She, I mean, yeah. she tells me to this day that like the Benadryl for her was like worse than a lot of the chemotherapy was. Yeah. Which like tells you something. Like don't yeah. fuck around if, <laughs> if it 
made me feel worse than having chemo. Yeah, right. the, the things that people talk about, though, are, like, insane. Like, just insane hallucinations, like, and just feeling awful. So, like, it's it's not worth it overall. But there are tons of posts and comments on places like Reddit asking for advice on, like, how much Benadryl people should take. And, like, a lot of them saying, like, how much should I take to see the hat man? I just want to oh do it once. Gosh. And it's like, don't do it at all. Um, and, yeah, with, like, some people recommending that people take up to 10 times the normal dose. Like, no, just don't do it. <laughs> Here piece of advice for people just in general if you have to ask somebody on the internet that you've never met before how much of anything you should take you shouldn't be taking it <laughs> like right you just you can't just trust random ass people to give you an answer that isn't going to kill right. you know nothing about like other medications you're taking or medical conditions you might have whatever all right so as I was looking into this, I was like a little suspicious that this was like an overblown six o'clock news, like lock up your kids moral panic news story thing. Like, you know, those like special investigations by like your oh, local yeah. news team or whatever. And overall, I do think that calling it like a challenge and making it seem like all the kids are doing it is a bit overblown. Um, and especially like... But I guess, like, not to the same extent that, like, the Tide Pod Challenge thing was sort of an overblown thing that happened. Mm -hmm. Because the Benadryl Challenge was at least connected to the death of at least one teenager in 2020. Although I wasn't able to confirm that with a specific news story, but that detail did show up in, like, a lot of credible sources. Mm -hmm. I was able to corroborate claims that three teenagers in Texas ended up hospitalized in a single week after taking too much Benadryl, one of whom took 14 pills Gosh. and ended up with a resting heart rate of 199 beats per minute. Like, that would feel fucking awful. Yeah. <laughs> that would not feel good at all. Um, so Benadryl's had to add a statement to their website, which reads, we understand that consumers may have heard about an online challenge involving the misuse or abuse of diphenhydramine. The challenge which involves ingestion of excessive quantities of diphenhydramine is a dangerous trend and should be stopped immediately. Benadryl products and other diphenhydramine products should only be used as directed by the label. Collaboration and education are critical to putting an end to this dangerous misuse. We are working with TikTok and other social platforms to remove content that showcases this behavior. We will look to partner across industry and with key stakeholders to address this dangerous behavior. And I did like also come across a few things on like the Benadryl uh, Twitter account where, I don't know, they posted something and there were like just dozens of response responses. And like, you don't know if it's just people fucking with them, but like of people being like, oh, my friend like took a bunch and now she's convulsing and like the poor Benadryl like... <laughs> Whoever's running their social media account just like has to sort of paste in the same boilerplate response like this is a medical emergency right. go to the hospital like you don't know like it's just insane. Um, but the FDA also issued a statement saying taking too much Benadryl can lead to serious heart problems, seizures, coma, and even death. And like I said, I wasn't able to confirm if like the Hatman connection 
was a thing the whole time or if it's like since become sort of a thing, like they've merged together. Uh, because if you try to search TikTok for the Benadryl challenge, it comes up with a warning that videos associated with the phrase violate their guidelines and you don't get shown any search results, which is great. Like, good. Yeah. <laughs> Just leave it out. So uh, long story short, and like we've sort of already been saying this all along and like I know that all of you know who are listening but just in case like do not do this (laughs) you can definitely die (laughs) or like cause yourself lifelong damage there's no like magical portal that you're opening up to a supernatural entity the hat man is not real he's just a run-of-the-mill sleep paralysis vision and people have written internet stories about it and it's just creepypasta like don't do it. And I hate the fact that I sound like some sort of like dare PSA right now, but just don't do it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I don't even know what to say. I know. I told you your brain is going to be like, just (laughs) what the actual fuck. I just, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Like, okay, so this person who took 14 Benadryls, do you think they had ever taken just one? I don't know. Because I have. (laughs) (laughs) And I can tell you that, like, I'm pretty sure that, like, two or three might kill me. So, yeah. Right. I may never wake back up. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I, uh, I was trying to think, like, what's the dose for Benadryl? I'm going to look up the dose real quick, like pill wise, because I'm trying to think like, because I'm pretty sure I only normally like the times that I've ever had to take it, I've only taken like half a dose because I will go to sleep and sleep for like 12 hours, yeah. like in broad daylight. <laughs> Directions. One to two tablets. Okay. Yeah. I do see two. Okay. Yeah. So taking, was it 14 or 15? Is 14, yeah. Seven to 14 times the dose that you should take, <laughs> which is insane. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. Like, no wonder. Um, yeah. So, I don't know. So, like, there, is it overblown a little bit? Sure. But the fact that kids have ended up hospitalized, and like, there's also the possibility that somebody died. And that people are, like, still fucking around with it and posting stories about it. Like, mm -mm. (laughs) mm-mm. Yeah. It's not great. (laughs) Uh, And it's just, like, another example of, I don't know, people people just taking, like, the whole creepypasta internet thing too far. Too far, yeah. Yeah. So, it just, yeah. Because, like, we talked about with Tyson and the the whole Slender Man thing, like, uh, the girl getting stabbed. It's, like... Mm -hmm. (laughs) All it takes is, like, one time for somebody to take it a little bit too far. So, anyway, I sound like a dare PSA. I hate it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I hate it. I hate it. Uh, Okay. That is it for Short and Spooky. (laughs) All righty. Well, that wraps up our first episode of 2023 Short and Spooky. Tune in next time for an episode with Megan and Rebecca Gibson on robots, artificial intelligence, and simulation theory. Oh, my. (laughs) If you like this episode, hit subscribe and share with a friend. Check the show notes for links to all of our social media accounts, our Discord server, and Patreon. 
If you have any questions about previous topics or ideas for future episodes, email us at SpookySciencesisters at gmail.com. As always, thank you for listening and stay spooky. Spooky Science Sisters is a proud member of the Evergreen Podcasts Network. For more information or to check out other shows, please visit evergreenpodcasts.com. Did you guys hear about that couple that went on vacation and one spouse murdered the other? In fact, the entire vacation was planned just so that they could make the murder look like an accident. Ah, so like a slaycation. Oh boy, sounds like a fun new true crime podcast to me. On every episode of Slaycation, we'll examine true cases of people who were killed while on vacation. Was it murder? Or just a horrible accident? That's up to you and the law to decide. But either way, if you leave for your vacation in the plane and come home under the plane, you've definitely gone on a slaycation. Join us every week for a fascinating new episode. 911, what's your emergency? But make sure to pack your body bags because getting away can be murder. This is Slaycation. Slaycation.